Welcome to Greedwatch 2018, a Common Rider O's recap podcast. This is episode 36. Uh, my name is Coriander Dickinson. Wait, did you say six? I... Wait a minute. Did we go back in time? <laughs> I just heard six. 36. There we go. Uh, there was a three uh, and then a six. Like you should have at like least understood that one of the numbers was correct. <laughs> you vocalized the three. This is episode 36. I'm Coriander Dickinson. I have 360. Kagan. Wow. <laughs> Not and Josh Adam Wasserman. Hello. Oh, my. Hey. What about hey. Ann Kagan? Hey. What's up, buddy? Hey, do you want to do the last of my special segments ever? Great. For this type of segment? You won't believe this, but I totally forgot that was a thing you were doing. Yeah, because I do it very intermittently. Um, and also, Corey, this time you can't play because you already know the answer. Oh, What fun. But I like to win. I know. Josh might know the answer if he's been paying attention, by which I mean Josh does not know the answer. <coughs> so I'm just going to type into the chat the name right. of the common writer. And yep. Josh, tell me tell me what you think this common writer's name is. I mean, it... <laughs> come on. Come on, Josh. You can do it. it. I feel like I know what the most obvious answer is. Sure. Con- <laughs> Common Rider W. Oh, so close, Corey. You wanna you wanna let him know? This is double. Yeah, Common Rider double. double. Wait a minute. <laughs> yes. Yes. What? It, but that's a W. That's yes, and okay. That's not what the show's called. That's fine. Are there two Common Riders in that one? There's one Common Rider who's comprised of two people. Oh, oh, who was that guy in the Justice League and Super Friends? Brain Firestorm. Like Firestorm. Oh, yeah, yeah kind of like a uh, combination of Firestorm and the composite composite Batman. Oh. Huh. So, well, because the composite Batman is like, what, what the left half is like Superman, the right half is Batman, or vice versa, I don't know. Composite Batman or maybe in composite the heart Superman. of America. Know. Here's the thing, it's either composite uh, yeah, Superman yeah. or composite Batman, and like either makes as much sense as the other. It's interesting that you mention composite people, because this week's episode begins... Oh. With an appearance by a person who has been an entirely different person for most of this series. Bum, bum, bum. He's no longer dead, detective. He and his brother, when last we left him, was disarmed, disonked, and his eyes fluttered open, and he is doing okay. Except he isn't because he almost immediately passes out. He also is shedding like a single tear. Hina, your dreams. Is that? Does he say that here? He says it at some point. He says it yeah. all the time. It's yes. what he's like, all about. According to Hina's memories, <laughs> he is always about her dreams. Yes, and, and poking her in the forehead. So he is, for the first time, uh, kind of existing on his own without Ankh keeping him alive. But he passes out pretty quickly. And then Date is also passing out. It's a rare episode where A.G. is conscious yes. at the beginning of the episode. And it's very odd. And the end. He makes yeah. it through the whole thing. <laughs> like a big boy. What a good big boy. Yeah. Big, wow. Look at our big a strong whole 20 boy. minutes. <laughs> so Sadanaka shows up with the ambulance minivan and takes her good boys off to uh, hospital school. She drove up in this van. And at first you don't see who's driving it. And I was like... Who the heck could this possibly be? Everybody's already here. And I'm like, it's got to be Satanaka because there's nobody else unless it's like the Couscousier owner. But it was it was not. 
Yeah, she's just there to pick up Date for his maybe brain surgery, but it turns out, you know, since the detective is alive, he gets to go to the hospital for free. It's a good thing she brought the big van because everybody gets in. It's true. There's room for everybody. And we're going to go through the drive-thru. AG turns around and is like, Tina, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she smothers her dream with her giant feet. Yep. I mean, her, her feet are very reasonably so. I don't know. I don't. The, She's like, no, stomp, when you're stepping stomp, on like your own stepping dreams. Stones. Yeah. Yeah. And we go to the hospital. Date uh, runs out of his exam room with a million tubes, probably in his butt and dick. Uh, and <laughs> because he's so happy, his friend Goto is there. Yeah, uh, his friend, his, his guy pal. They're just really good pals, you guys. <laughs> Yeah, really good pals who smooch. Really good pals who get excited even when they are not wearing clothes, clothes save for a uh, a smock uh, and a bunch of tubes. He's out there to see his buddy. And uh, the doctor, is the nurse, is just like, get in here, you're having an exam. And Goto's like, oh, you. And they kiss for 45 minutes. <laughs> well, and Dante pulls the worst move, which is like, hey, I'm a doctor. As You know, when... Even you, though you may be a professional in whatever field, when you are being helped by somebody else, you really should try to tell them that you know how to do their job better than they do. No, no, the only medical drama I've seen is house. That sounds exactly like what a doctor would do. That's a good point. My God, now I just want, that's the spinoff I want. I want house, but with Date. Yes. He's just like a big whiteboard where he's like, come on, people, ideas. No, you're all wrong. I'm Date. But Dante's so much nicer than that. That's true. But he's but instead of being it's like house only instead of being mean, he's just kind of dumb. Um, We've seen okay exactly how Dante treats a nerd, right? Yes. Like Dr. Baki was having a nice life in his basement office with his doll, then Dante rolls in and puts the doll in a soup. It happened. <laughs> Hina is uh looking at her brother. And he is not conscious again, uh, because he's just real good at being sleepy. And so she leaves her brother's hospital room, but not before saying she's quitting school. Uh, at which point her brother mutters to uh, A.G., who's hanging down there, uh, but your dream, your dream. We find out that that they did tests on her brother, and he's basically okay, he's just passed out. Yeah. And A.G.'s like, he'll probably be fine. And I'm like, you know what? For once, I will defer to your superior uh, knowledge of this type of situation. Because usually your advice is bad, but you pass out a lot, and I think you probably know. Yeah, he probably just needs like some orange slices and a Capri Sun. And <laughs> yeah, just needs or, maybe... you know, some purple metals in his tummy or wherever. Tummy metals. Uh, and then we cut to possibly my favorite 15 seconds of <laughs> recorded entertainment in the history of everything. Up until this point, it has been... The scene in Xanadu where it becomes uh, Don Bluth's animation and Olivia Newton-John turns into a little bird, but they decided to give her little birdie leg warmers. That's the thing that I've loved more than anything else in uh, in all of recorded history. Uh. But now Ankh, who is just an arm, uh, and in that opening scene just sort of flew away, and A.G. was like, where are you going? He's like, oh, no, suck it. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, even, I don't even need a body. It's probably stupid, and it smells like what? Outside, it's raining, it's dark, it's gloomy, and we cut to Ankh. He's like a fucking, 
sad hobo. He's just like, it's pouring rain, and he's just walking the boulevard of broken dreams. The car drives past and splashes him. It's so sad. It's like it's like Aykroyd in uh, Trading Places. You just expect him to plunk down on the sidewalk and put a gun to his wrist or something. I'm just an arm, and my life is a nightmare. I'm just an arm, and I know that it's not fair. It's it's the that little ditty is called the Boulevard of Broken Arms. <laughs> oh, ooh. This, it's much darker than the I other one. I don't want to walk down that If you boulevard. think about it, it's much darker than the other one. Well, what are you going to do? There's a lot of snapping oh. noises. <laughs> Wait, are the, are, do you go there after your arm's broken, or do you go there and your arm becomes broken? That's yes. a different distinction. I, you know, inconclusive. Am I going to be having dinner with a, ni- with a nice lady, but somebody keeps snapping breadsticks and I just can't concentrate? Yes. Okay. How will you be having dinner with your arms broken? No, I mean, I walked down that street and all the snapping noises and now I just can't. Uh, I mean... I'm just trying to make a Better Call Saul reference, okay, guys? Jeez. Oh, yeah, I don't watch television. Uh, yeah, but that is not true. I, uh, anyways, yeah. so uh, so it's sad It's sad and hilarious and pathetic. And yeah. he, he and, and like Onk himself, just a lone arm against the world. I, I wanted him to like start trying and hitchhiking or something, just like going through... <laughs> Yeah, instead he finds some, like, concrete stairs to huddle under alone, shivering in the cold, waiting for some nice body to adopt him. Or just play the sad music from the Hulk. He's standing around a very tiny uh, garbage can with fire in it. (laughs) He's got the smallest bindle you ever saw. It's just got core metals in it. It's just just a a chopstick and a cocktail napkin. Oh, oh no, he's got one of those tiny little cocktail umbrellas that he's trying to hold above his 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 little corn because they're not supposed yep. to repel water. Yep. You count the metals one, two, three. This we now it's the up now the credits and the title of this week's episode Broken Dream Body Greed Revival. I have mm. Return of the Greed, but yeah. Yeah. Take these broken dreams. We're at Maki's house, Maki Manor. Kazari's on his case, or he's on Kazari's case, because Kazari lost that fight, like a wimpus. <laughs> Certainly not intentionally. It was. And Kazari's like, "Wouldn't you like to have more friends?" Vaguely, <laughs> like that doesn't sound like Maki. Yeah, it's a it's a no. scene mostly about nothing, and then we throw to Uva and his giant coin house. Yep. He's got his drum kit with his friends on top. And it is full-on Frankenstein lightning raining. He's got his Missoula medals and his Gamble medals, and uh, he is going to revive them, but not with all of their medals, so he's stronger. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. It's so that like... they'll want to come back, because they'll, no. they'll want something still, as far well, as I can tell. Oh, also, no, yeah, he, also so he can take them in a fight one-on-one. Yeah. Yes. And, well, it's funny, right? Because he's like, okay, Gamel, mm, Gamel's pretty pliable, so I'll give him four. That's fine. Mazul, three. And then then he proceeds to put, like, three Gamel medals and two Mazul medals on top of the their draped cell metal forms. And I'm like, wait a second. What, is he just, like, skimming off the top? But turns out he just wanted to do, like, a cool, I'm going to throw these last medals into you thing, which is fine. I have many questions. Oh, okay. What... 
what are because yeah okay so to set the scene it looks like a crime scene only fabulous because there are two bodies laid out two body you know two vaguely humanoid insectoid shaped bodies with their uh, uh with their satin silky coverings what are these bodies they're, because they're the last but I guess how did the cell metals assemble themselves? Or is he? Is it like setting up dominoes? Like is every night he's stacking cell metals to be body shaped? Definitely that. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> I don't know how these. I don't know how the cell metal forms got there in the first place. Especially considering the last we saw these two greeds, they turned into a big pudding with octopus feet and then exploded. Yeah, no, nope. he made something roughly body shaped out of cell yeah. metals, put their mm-hmm. fabric on top of it, and then put their core metals. And that was enough for them to be like, woo, back to life. Back to reality. Back to the here and now. No, I want all of that B roll. I want all of that footage of him just spending <laughs> his nights just <laughs> stacking coins on their sides. I assume, I don't know. It's just. I, you know what? They were pro- he probably just made like vaguely humanoid stacks and was like, good enough. And then when they absorbed the metals, they made themselves look more like their regular forms. He probably didn't do that great a job. Or we are meant not to think about it because it has been so long since we have seen these two characters last. Yeah. yeah. Uva's like, welcome back. And Mazul's like, back? Question mark? And has major flashbacks to the time she was a squid elephant. And <laughs> right. Gamble's like, there's no candy here. This place blows. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel every time I go to somebody's house. There's no candy. I'm just looking through all the cupboards. Look, where's the, where are the snacks? What's going on? Um, welcome back, Gamble. We didn't miss you at all. Up your nose with the rubber hose, Gamble. Boo. Uva's like, here's the plan, you guys. Step one, take medals from Common uh, Rider Rose. Step two. Get Kazari. He just wants revenge on everybody. That's it. That's the plan. We cut to a man sketching in a park or by a, a castle. Perfectly normal looking guy. Just very average looking fella. A completely average guy who is dressed like a overgrown child from vaudeville. He is, <laughs> he is wearing... He looks like a hipster. No. No, 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 no. We're gonna, can, can, we will please put up a picture of that. He looks a little like a hipster, but he is... He has greasy kid stuff in his hair and big glasses and a little pencil thin mustache. Tiny bow tie and a bolo tie at the same time. White shirt, rainbow suspenders, little black short shorts. One of the most singularly unattractive outfits I think I've ever seen. He Mm. looks like all he needs is a giant oversized lollipop. (laughs) Maybe maybe one of the uh, other kids from uh, Hina's school was using him as a fashion model. Oh, God. And that's the kind of thing that they get up to. That's why That's why second place girl came in second. Uh, but anyways, uh, so he's dressed like a nightmare, and then the unicorn yummy comes up to him and uh, is like, what's your dream, dude? Remember, this is what I do. And he uh, visualizes a giant uh, piece of art, which the unicorn monster... That's a generous... That's, that's yeah. generous. The art? It's a painting. Like, oh, it's definitely, mm. It was definitely made with paint, maybe. I don't know. I thought I thought it looked... Yeah. He should and definitely the unicorn just dream ri- it unicorn rips it in half, and I was happy. The world <laughs> was a better place. I don't know, man. There's like a Motel 6 that really could have used that. Oh, please. 
okay. <laughs> is that it? That's it. You want to follow up? Oh, please. There's plenty of crappy art for Motel 6s already. Somewhere somewhere a mom is drawing a wa- is painting a waterfall. Oz shows up and he fights the unicorn, but the unicorn gets away. And meanwhile, the man wearing the worst outfit in the history of uh, fashion just sort of wanders off in a direction. And then him and Ankh solve the mystery of what's this yummy doing. Finally, which, and okay, in the translation and the one that Josh and I watched, it's kind of, they kind of, they kind of did a weird translation thing because Ankh is like, Ankh is like, oh, it's stealing dreams or, oh, this is a dream or something along those lines. But actually in like untranslated, he says Yokubo, which is desire, which makes more sense because then Eiji's like, oh, they're not desires, they're dreams. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, that was what Ankh just said, theoretically. But Oh, they called them both in, in my... It was just like, yeah, no desires, no dreams. If you have a big dream, you have a big desire. Yeah. Like later on, A.G. is talking about his own issues. But we, we, we're pretty close to there, I think. My favorite moment in this, by the way, when they're trying to piece it together, is that A.G. looks at the torn up uh, painting that apparently hurt Corey deeply and is like wait what's this and the translation that adam and i have onk kind of eddie just sort of blasely says uh you know what that that looks like a physical manifestation of his dream like oh Oh, okay i guess that's what that is i like how he didn't even need got it in one onk congratulations yeah i just like the subtlety that onk doesn't understand the distinction between a dream and a desire sure that is kind of lost Mm. in our translation Mm. but yep we cut to first place loser who is walking up the stairs to Fashion Academy and two <coughs> chatty Cathy's run up behind her are like, hey, did you hear? Hina turned down the trip to France and quit school. She hasn't been here for ages. And I'm like, is this not the same day? What? It's the what, same day. Yeah, did, we not, we? did we jump? Did we jump like five days ahead at this point? Because it sort of seems like maybe we did. I also want to posit that we live in a world without text messaging. And at fa- <laughs> so at Fashion Academy, it is like it's the work study job of these two girls to just run around and kind of transmit messages. <laughs> oh, they're like the shadow girls from Utena. Sure, yeah, that's that's what yep. I was getting at. <laughs> I know, Josh, you're 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 very familiar with Revolutionary Girl Utena, so yes, big, big Utena. <laughs> Who we are. Josh, guess what our next podcast is going to be. Oh my god, about. I would love to. Oh, you have no idea. Three we white should... people talking about Utena? <laughs> but specifically someone with zero frame of reference trying to... Josh, if you think this is mind-boggling. I do... That's the part that makes me understand that my brain's disintegrating. Because now it's just like, oh yeah, oh, this is a pile of coins. And it became a thing. Great. Fine. Fine. You're this just all getting makes inoculated. sense. It, it, yeah, well, might as well, <laughs> might as well get inoculated for something. Uh, anyway, Whoa. so blah, 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 she's quitting. And second place school is like, I better go find AG or somebody. So she goes to the couscousier. Well, she's just real mad. She's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. No, 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 no. This will not stand. I lost my dream and she got it. And I, I will be damned if I let her give up. So she she storms into the couscousier, but Hina isn't there. Nobody's seen her. Uh, and Ag and her talk. They try and go to the find Hina at the hospital, and she's not there either. Uh, and then we see badly dressed painter boy, and he is in medical trouble. Yeah. Oh, at this point, I would like to say 
that I kind of started shipping like Hina's friend and, and AG because they kind of seemed like they made a good team. Huh. Hmm. And I'm like, hmm. no, they make a pretty good couple. They seem to be on this roughly the same level. Yeah, she's she, she's got day player written all over her, though. Like, well, I don't know about that. Just because she's wearing like stockings that don't go up to her knee. <laughs> no reason to and a very short like red plaid skirty thing i don't know it's a good look she definitely goes to a fashion school fashion academy oh yeah mm-hmm. and you know like she's upset because she promised her dad that she would totally give up on all of her dreams and wants and desires if if she didn't win the test and yeah. um, hina is now given up and it appears to be more of an emergency because suspenders man is in a coma so now AG actually worried. Yeah, so yeah. they go to they go to Hina's and look, she's fine, guys. She's just sitting around, staring into the middle distance, cutting up all of her clothes with a giant pair of scissors. Okay, Josh. I know I know there's some kind of movie reference I could make about this, but I couldn't pull one up. I'm sure you've got one. Dead again? Okay, sure. Good. <laughs> I was going to say The Great Gatsby, but that's just like throwing everything out of your closet onto a bed. Oh. Yeah. No, Dead Again is very, very scissors oriented. Okay. Uh, that is a movie I have to assume does not hold up at all. Uh, Probably not. A lot of bad American accents. Robin Williams doing nothing in particular. And then uh. just scissors. Um, anyways. Anyways, uh, they go to Hina. She's cutting up all of her clothes. And then she passes out because she got she's had her dreams removed. And when that happens, you get sleepy. Did, uh, did AG give... Uh... He and his friend his his good advice yet or not yet? Get into that? Not yet. We're almost okay. there. We're almost okay, there. Let me know. First, Ankh is isn't around being an arm, and uh, the revi- the the revived greeds are like, "We're gonna get you and your core medals," but Ankh has tricks up his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, like Mazul lashes him with like a water thingy, and then Gamble's grabbed onto him and is like, "Give us your stuff." But he actually manages to overpower Gamble, a fully grown greed man. Well, he uses the immense power of his finger. And then eventually he hides under something and gives them the yes. slip. Except that he is an arm that could just fly into space if he wanted to. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know how high he can fly. I mean, I don't think he's going to go live on Mars with Dr. Manhattan or anything. But, like, if you can fly, there's no reason to hide. <laughs> It depends on how far and how high you can fly. I guess. Fast. I guess. But he get look. He gives him. He gives him the slip. Yeah, I think. I think hiding under something is perfectly okay. I mean, yeah. maybe he's doing it because he expects that they're looking in the sky because he can fly. He's like, chumps are never gonna look for me here under this piece of concrete. We're uh, and now we're hanging out with Goto and Date. Yeah, in Date's house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean the lab. Dr. Maki's former lab that he got yes. pressured out of by, by Dante, who's a big bully. I don't bully. think that's exactly how that happened. That is yeah. exactly how that happened. Exactly what happened. And Dr. Uh-huh. Goto is checking out these x-rays like, mm, bullet brain, it's bad. Mm. And he looks into Dante's eyes, Dante's big eyes, and he's like, Dante, stop doing stuff that's going to get you killed. And Dante's like, Goto, I promise you, I will never die. And then they smooch for like, so long. That is a tough promise. <laughs> this is exactly what happened in Team America. Goto's like, stop going after money. You should be chasing your own life. 
Yeah, but Dante's like, I got to keep doing this so because I can't give up my dream. But he doesn't say what his dream is. Okay, his dream is obviously to make enough money to get surgery so his bullet doesn't keep going into his brain. Like, I feel like, I, I feel like if that could happen, that would have happened already. Maybe it's extremely, wait, what part? Well, I think it's inoperable. Like, I no, think I it's think a, he just needs a lot of money. I mean, if that were the case, then he could say to Kugami, hey, I'll be right as rain if you just take the bullet out of my head. I don't think that's how Kogami rolls. Yeah, <laughs> I think Kogami's like, no, prove prove how much you want that bullet out of your brain by doing the stuff I need you to do. Anyway, uh, so we leave them to smooch for 45 minutes. AG yeah. and uh, second place gal, well, they have a little, they just have a little talk about dreams. They're, they just lie on the side of a hill and watch clouds pass overhead. And they're like, what are you, what are your dreams? What do you want to do with your dreams? Uh, and EG gives his usual terrible advice, which is something, uh. it's something along the lines of if you rush dreams, then they're just desires, which is like, I guess. Okay. But AG does give her some like good advice in, in that he basically says like, you know, just cause you told your dad that you would do something doesn't make sense. Doesn't mean you have to actually do it. What if you just like tried talking to him again and explaining like properly instead of making a dumb bet. Yes. That part is Which true. is actually good advice. That is that is reasonable advice. He like, also Oh, by says, the way, you're an adult. He also says that the larger your dream is, the longer it takes to fulfill. Oh, which like is he not, knows anything about large dreams. He doesn't have he any dreams. He said he had a big dream and he tried to do it too quickly and it blew up. Ugh, and now he doesn't have any dreams at all. Not a single one. Nope. Uh, and then... Onk walks in, back in Detective's body. With an itty-bitty grin? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and uh, Onk's back, and we and shut up. He's, he's just back, and it's fine. Uh, they chase after the unicorn yummy, and the unicorn yummy attempts to squish Eiji's dream. But shock, he doesn't have one. This isn't going to work. We've been, they've been telling us this for episodes and episodes. His dream begins to manifest, and what? it is the entire planet of Earth. <laughs> I thought they were going to do like a, what, synecdoche thing and just have like, okay, his model of the world is going to be bigger than the actual world. Oh. And so now it's going to be like a world within a world. <laughs> oh, but no, 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 no. John Malkovich thing where he's just, his dream is himself. No, no. It, Corey, any... I. I I have been involved in a decade-long uh, class action suit <laughs> against the producers of Synodoche, New York. If this is what you're referencing, the worst movie, yeah. ever, the worst one of the worst movies ever made. Two hours of my life that I will never get back. Okay, in, okay in, Josh, Josh, wait, 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 Josh, Joshua A. Kagan, hold, hold right up. I hate that movie. It's I just okay. So I just want, I just want, I just want something on the record for our listeners, just so they understand you better. So, yes, I I also call it Simicdosh. No, I just that was chose it. not so, to this time. So 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 Josh, so, I didn't correct you. Synecdoche, New York is you're you're saying Synecdoche, New York is 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 one of the worst movies you've ever seen. Yes, but you like Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, I I enjoyed it while I was watching it, and then after <laughs> that sort of initial glow wore off, 
I saw I saw it with <laughs> Kayla and my one of my dearest friends, Amy. We saw it at a Disney owned theater in Hollywood that had like a floor show beforehand and lasers and robots and shit. And I ate popcorn and drank a big soda and for two <laughs> for two hours and forty seven hours I was like, This is fine. It's just it's all my space buddies and they're just working things out. Uh, and then, like a week later, I was like, "Oh, that was terrible! That was okay, bad, what an awful movie!" I was uh, I was questioning our friendship, but it, I mean, look, if we not that not that not that two white, but men, now I am again. So I mean, I guess we're back to square one. I thought for what that for what Cinedarge Cinedis and whatever New York Philip Seymour Hoffman pees root beer into a sink. The movie uh, I thought for. What they wanted to accomplish, they failed miserably. Whereas with Zay's, with Xanadu, they knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Josh, Josh, you know that we're now going to have to do a podcast about Synecdoche, New York, right? You can never make me watch it again. Never. I think I probably can. <laughs> no, you, you, you definitely can't. We're not even allowed no. to leave our houses. The borders are Dang all closed. It. It's not going to happen. Anyways. That just makes it easier. Ages. So now a Nobody's question. going to miss you for days. And now, huh, and now a question of uh, physics. So the monster we have learned, the unicorn monster, visualizes people's dreams and then gives them actual shape and weight and substance so we can tear it in half. Yeah. Uh-huh. And deliver such scathing lines as dreams are for sleeping. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Third place is you're fired. Uh, <laughs> if... Now I want Alec Baldwin to play this unicorn. As do I. If the unicorn had been successful in physically manifesting Aegis' dream, which I guess is involves the entire planet Earth, and I'm yep. going and I'm going to assume <laughs> keeping it safe. So if the monster had managed to visualize it and make it real, then everyone would have died. Did you ever uh, see uh, Melancholia? I did not. Oh, okay. Yes, well, if you've I've... seen Melancholia, that that would have happened. I have. I have. Except seen... with less Kirsten Dunst. I have seen the 1950s classic When Worlds Collide, which is a that similar. Is... I don't know that that's really the same. Well, it's a planet crashing into another planet. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it is then. Uh... <laughs> less von Trieri, I bet. Yes. Well, it doesn't matter because the unicorn chickens out and is like, whoa, oh, whoa, yeah. whoa, this is too big. Go <laughs> away. Back in that guy's Just head. like waves it off. Uh, and then the whole gang shows up and they fight. For like a thousand hours. Yeah. Uh, Date and Goto show up. They get in the fight. And then Uva and the revived Greed show up and they fight and everybody fights. Date and Eiji are surrounded. And Eiji's like, you know what? I think it's purple metal time. And everybody's like, boy, come on. You know what happens with the purple metals. You get all crazy pants. And he's like, no, hang on. I think this time I got it. And it is a rare occasion. Eiji's right. He does got it. And he go all purple. Yeah. And Mazul and Gamble are like, who's that? Whose medals are those? We've never seen this before. The thing that bugs me about this is that there's no explanation for why all of a sudden he's got it under control. It's just like, no, I've, I've been thinking about it really hard, I guess. It's uh, exposure okay. therapy. He's he's done it a lot. It's he's not got like he got experience. slowly better each time. It's just like, okay, no, now I've got the, now I've got it. Okay. Uva, Mizul, and Gamel go, yip, 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 and they run down <laughs> some, you know, generic alley where they run right into Ankh 2 and Kazari. And Ankh 2 and, and Kazari are like, 
hey, but what if us? How do you feel about being uh, with us and doing us things? Maybe and we- Uva's like, don't don't you remember that time that Kazari stabbed you in the back and took all your medals? And they're like, yeah, but Uva's a jerk too. Yeah, I remember. I remember that time you did that also. And so they, Uva and Mizul join up with Ankhtu and Kazari, and then they, and I, this was not clear to me, m- murder Uva? Basically, yes. Yep. And then get their, uh, their, their medals that he was carrying back, which kind of justifies them doing it, because he was, you know, holding out on them. And they get their pants back, and it's delightful. Hina wakes up! From her nap, yep. <laughs> Yep. At the hospital, yeah. and uh, Oh, I think the, the unicorn got destroyed at some yes. point, right? It did, it so, did. And so yeah. it was one measly metal. Like, I forgot that it was like a single metal that Maki had mm-hmm. flipped into a trophy. And I was like, oh, these yummies are not worth anything. Second place girl delivers her line like her lift is waiting for her. Uh, because uh, Hina wakes up and uh, second place girl is like, oh my god, you're awake, that's great. And Hina's like... In my dreams, I saw Oni-chan. He was shining. And this is a lot to take in. And so what Second Place Girl does is says, Okay, bye! Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Glad you're awake, Coolio. I didn't like you to begin with. Bye. Yeah, I had a real problem with how, how chummy she was being this entire episode. Just like, she went from like wishing Hina's death from like five feet away to just be like, hey, see you later at school, buddy. Yeah. Mm. You, Along with all with, with your other friend, that that formerly rich girl who works in the bakery. We'll all hang out together like we always do. Yay. Uh and uh Ankh and AG are standing by and Ankh is still in Detective's body. And uh Hina's like, Alright, well you keep that. You stay yeah. you can AG asks fine. if he's if she's gonna evict him. Yeah. And Ankh has this look on his face like, um, wait, excuse me, we're doing what now? I'd like uh, to see you try. And then we cut to the alleyway. Uva's, Uva's last remaining core metal starts wiggly wobbling on the ground. He's like, I won't let it end like this. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Maki Manor, the other greats are like hanging up their fabric yeah. and <laughs> walking putting, in formation. They're putting up their Pink Floyd posters and their poster of John Belushi <laughs> that says college. They're like, we're moving, we're moving in, bitches, we're back. Uh, and then they, uh, yeah, then they kind of reservoir dog, dogs it up the stairs, and uh, they're evil, and everybody's yeah, it's back. It's basically and- the facts of life in Maki's Mrs. Garrett. Correct. Hmm. And that's hmm. uh, that's the end of the episode, except for the one question. I guess I didn't know that core metals could have personalities and move of their own accord. That is a thing that has never happened. Josh, we're all the all the rules are at the window. Forget everything you thought you knew. I, I, that's what I do, week in and week out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've, I, I'm like Memento. I'm just covered in tattoos to remind myself what's happening on this <laughs> I, show. I thought you just drank heavily whenever you watched the show. <laughs> oh God, no! And then that's it. That's the end of our show. Da 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 da. Hey, I felt like this was a waste of a two part arc. <laughs> wow! Oh, you're mad. Because it just like a whole lot of not really anything happened other than like, I guess, revealing that AG got ambition. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of it is a lot of like, oh, here's let, let's remind you of the stuff we already knew about from previous episodes and do nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't super compelling. But we got all we got all the greeds back. All of our greed friends. They're back. That's true. 
Yeah, I mean, if you were one of those people who missed hearing Mazul constantly, thank goodness. Let it be known that I am not. Oh. Hmm. Not a big well, Gamble fan. He is terrible. Well, that's, well. Okay. Do you have a favorite greed? Oh. Ooh. Hmm. I mean, like, Kazari's super stylish as long as he's not in his human form. Yeah. Are we, are we leaving Uva's Ankh out of the got equation? got a cool, I am cool not. jacket. I was about to say that Ankh is probably my favorite creed. Yeah. Which is my new sitcom. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> and they did it. It was dumb. It was fine. It's fine. Look, yeah, we are charging toward... We're charging toward... We got like 12 episodes left? Yeah, 12, 13. Something like that. Yep. We're getting there. The end like is in sight. Yeah. So nobody liked this week. It was okay. I kind of, I, I, I mean, I liked second place girl for whatever reason. She seemed uh, fairly level-headed. She's real cute. Yeah, she's cute and level-headed, and yeah. you know, nah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think Agee's a bad friend because he's like, yeah, Hina hasn't been around for a while, and she had her dream like forcibly ripped out of her head and destroyed. But I haven't like tried going to her house or anything to check up on her. He's busy. He's real busy. He's got stuff doing. To do. What? You know, washing his underpants. That's still a thing, I assume, even though we don't see it. Yeah, Ch- Chiyo-san's been just, like, on his butt about getting finally doing some of his hours. Oh, I thought you meant laundry. Like, please, for the love of God, shower, A.G. That, that too, but also, like, listen... I know you're used to roughing it, but wow. Listen, you know how I give you free room and board because you work here? What that entails is you actually do have to work here periodically. Oh. It's like he works at like a co like he he's a member of a co-op and he hasn't done any of his hours and she's like okay now you have to do them all. And here's your bill for ice pops. And yeah. then he yeah and then then he tries to get Ankh to switch places with him and pretend to be him so that he doesn't have to do them but it doesn't go well. All of this sounds more entertaining than the half hour of television well, we watched. But maybe, well then but here, there's a great really good episode of Broad City I'd like to recommend. To you. Here we go. Here but here's hoping for next week. All sorts Woo, of cheers. adventures. Yay. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm Coriander Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Absalar. I'm Josh A. Kagan. You can find me on Instagram at Josh A. Kagan. I'm Adam Wasserman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Gold Sarcasmian. Bye. Bye-bye.